here at Inkle HQ, we're working on all the projects that we, we talk about week in, week out. But we've got a few little side projects that we sort of mess around with because we can't help it. And one of them is a little game that was started by Tom. Now, Tom's been with us for about almost a year yeah, now. And Tom is an incessant prototyper. And <laughs> uh, one of his prototypes is has been quite an interesting little little problem that we've all been sort of getting very involved with over lunch times and things so we thought we'd talk a little bit about about what's been going on with that project so uh, i'm john i'm joe and i'm tom so tom tell us how did you get started designing this game the sort of starting point of the design was Splatoon. I, like, I, got, I had a sort of Splatoon month that I got really obsessed with the game. And it's got this beautiful mechanic where you paint um, the landscape. And if you're, if you're on your own painted sort of area, you can travel far faster and you get sort of health benefits to it as well. And I thought that would be a really interesting mechanic to split down a little bit. Um, so basically I just sort of stuck it on a grid and I said when you move to a particular location, you leave behind you this sort of um, this paint trail. And that mechanic uh, got extrapolated to be a sort of road mechanic where you can travel far faster on your own squares. So it's you can imagine checkers, but you get an advantage on squares you've already been on. So you end up building this um, sort of imagined territory, more like an Age of Empires game, where you've got this sort of boundary of your civilization and you're fighting against the boundaries of your enemy civilization. Both of you trying to sort of encroach on each other's land. So what's been the what's been the goal? What's been the driving force for you of developing this thing? Um, oh, that's a hard question to answer. I guess I just wanted to make a stable strategy game, um, a sort of a minimal strategy game, and it's a surprisingly hard challenge. I think most people aren't aware of um, one how how most sort of um, strategy games, like grand strategy games like chess, are actually quite broken in a lot of ways. They have all of these crazy rules that actually aren't very fun that you just have to accept um, and how designing a game with very very few rules is incredibly difficult because you can't really tweak them easily without mm. essentially breaking or totally changing the game so I guess an example of this is um, if you take a game like Go or Chess they've got this rule where if the players get in a loop where they do the same thing three turns in a row they just declare a draw because nobody wants to give in and because of the amount of things the players can do, like they can move back if they want to, that's unavoidable. You literally can't get around this decision. Um, and I was in the pub chatting to somebody about StarCraft, and they were saying StarCraft's got all this stuff too. Even though it's a, a really competitive game, you can have games that technically would go on forever. Like, you can have characters basically just sort of fly over to an area, and then they can't fly back. And then you've just got these units that are just stuck, and it's nobody's won at this point. So the game just sort of ends. Which is rubbish. Like, you should never be able to design a game that just kind of, both players just agree that actually they don't want to give up, so let's just call it a draw. So this game's a sort of philosophical stick in the sand. You want to say, here is a simple, minimal strategy game that doesn't require any ridiculous rules to make it work. Yeah, that's very much the plan. And um, how's it going? Hard. It's really hard. Um, I, think, I think for me one of the most interesting things about the game is that it... It is a sort of a board game. You can actually play it on a physical board if you want. I think that's one of the nice constraints that you've been attempting to go for is like trying to design a game that, although although we're planning to uh, turn it into a video game, um, it's I like the the creative constraint of making it designing it in in the style of a board game. 
Um, and so one of the interesting sides of it is the way that it really feels like a, a, a strategy video game in the sense that you kind of build up resources and an army and you're trying to attack an enemy base. Um, but it looks more like chess or checkers or something, um, which mm. is really cool, actually, because chess, historically, I'm told it's sort of a simulation of battles that military commanders would play to exercise their their strategy skills. But it ne- it doesn't feel as much like a genuine kind of battlefield strategy as your game does, Tom. Yeah, I think it's something to do with the sort of the area of influence, yeah. which is perhaps less abstract, just because tiles, uh, sorry, your units move in more simple ways, um, and we're quite literally painting which area is controlled by which player, which is something that I guess like Age of Empires does. Um, but I think it's that sort of natural storytelling element of it that made it probably so appealing to you guys in terms of maybe we should take this project, push it further and see if we can actually turn it into a real story. Yeah, mm. so so Tom, Tom's been developing this game basically like in the evenings, like down <laughs> the pub at lunchtime. We've been playing it a lot over yeah, lunchtime. He's been dragging me out to the pub to, to play it in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> it's just every, every time I come in in the morning, you guys are like, yeah, we tweaked a rule, we played seven games, it doesn't work. <laughs> Got it over and over, but slowly making progress. And I think it's, it's really interesting that I think at some point, um, Joe and I, we were chatting about it and... And somebody said, well, I wonder if you could stitch a narrative onto it. And that sounds really throwaway, like you're just going to mm. glue this arbitrary narrative on. But of course, I mean, you, could, you can always just do that. You just say, mm. right, this is a battle between X and Y and we're done. Mm. Like, and then, but that begs the question of, can you, can you integrate story content with mm. something? And it's quite a clean game. It's quite simple. There aren't too many rules. There aren't too many cases to handle, mm. which means your input space isn't too bad, yeah. which makes it sound possible. It's interesting because it's completely upside down compared to the way that we normally build games because um, we start with the kind of the narrative or we think of a design where the narrative is entirely integrated into the game design. Whereas you've started with a a completely pure board game. It's like one of the most abstract styles of game you can possibly make. And so as a kind of a design challenge, um, adding a narrative that in such a way that it doesn't feel tacked on that it feels completely native and starts to feel like it's actually a fully necessary part of the game yeah. design is a real challenge which does bring a really interesting question in terms of the minimalism of it so you have this game where the rules are very tight they're very focused there aren't that many there's maybe four or five rules something like that it mm. fluctuates um but then when you add a narrative, do you want the narrative to start affecting the game? If so, something happens in the story content layer, do you want it to start influencing mm. the game rules? Because I think we, we've all kind of had that idea and kind of gone, oh, no, you can't do that. You'll break the purity of the game. Mm. But it'd be really interesting once we get kind of the various halves of this thing mm. up and running together, whether it will demand that or not. Yeah, and it's something that we've always tried to do um, in our kind of strategic game mechanics in Sorcery in an 80 Days. Like, any time we find a way of creating hooks from the story back into the game so that you get this kind of nice loop of the game affecting the story and then the story affecting the game, that's always worked really nicely for us. But yeah. is it a necessary part of the design? I don't that's know. I, we, cause, so I've been thinking a bit about the writing for it and I've got this annoying little voice in my head that says, what if you could take a purely abstract strategy game 
but make people cry. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what I want to do, is I want to make a narrative which oh, actually no, works. Not, not the cry test. The cry test. No, no, the classic <laughs> cry test. The other thing to do would be to try and... The, the, other, the harder test, crying is actually easy. The difficult one is make people laugh. Like, if you can set up a farce based on a strategy game, that would be the ultimate. But I'm not, mm. I'm not there yet. That's like seventh down, and I'm only fifth down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. Also, from a production point of view... Um, this has been a really interesting experience because this has really been a side project for Tom. It's been his own little thing that he's been developing. Um, and as we've become more and more involved, it was again, it was just in a free time uh, uh, sort of capacity of Tom asking us um, our advice on like what we think about the game design. And, and, and then and the more we started to think, oh, well, could we add a narrative uh, to it? Could it become an Inkle project? That's become a really interesting experience for us because normally at any company, you know, the, the, the heads of the company or the lead designers or whoever come up with the concepts and then the rest of the company build it. But it's, it's been really interesting that and we're not saying this is definitely going to happen, but we have the potential here that Tom's come up with a, a game design and a prototype that um, might make it as a game that will publish. You know what I really like about that as well, though, is that the problem of whether the game actually works is not our problem. Like, essentially, <laughs> if Tom can solve it, then it's fine, we'll make it. And if he can't, yeah. if the final detail doesn't yeah, work, yeah. oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I don't have that much skin in the game this time. So. Well, it's been great for me, though, because I can sort of bribe you to the pub with a pint, and then you'll come and test my game. So it's sort of the perfect <laughs> business relationship. We definitely need, I think we're starting to get to the point where we need more testers for it. That we need some fresh, fresh eyes on it to see mm. to see how the latest iterations play. Oh well, Tom and I were chatting about this in the pub the other day, actually. And the problem is when you get fresh meat to play play your game, you really have to get them past the the trivial stages of just yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. Because with this game, the difficulty is making a game that's balanced when you when you become really good at it. And it's not until you're on game five or six with a particular rule set where you really start to learn the affordances of the very small tweaks to the rules that you've made. So that's, made. that's the problem, isn't it? It's sort of, because it's this tight, minimal strategy game, the, the way the rules are set up, the beginning game is pretty quick. You can get your pieces out, you can develop them, you can start claiming territory. That, that part of the game's been solid for quite a while. The mid-game, where you're kind of wrestling, there's been a few tweaks to that recently, but... But that's often felt like there's quite good. Sometimes there was a bit too much back and forth. Sometimes it's been kind of a little bit too distant. But the end game is the real. It's the real problem. It's the yeah. same problem that chess has. I bet it's the same problem that Go has, though I'm not a Go player. Mm. But the end game between skilled players just turns into this war of attrition that no one can break because the game is mm. symmetric. Because it's a two-player strategy game, it's very symmetric, and so two people who are equally good. No one ever makes a mistake, so what do you do about that? Mm. And it's been really interesting looking at examples of other games out in the world. Yeah, so either you have one, you have one or two problems. Either one pe- person makes a stupid mistake, which causes um, a win, which is kind of okay. But yeah, like you said, when you have these really skilled players, and when you've really learnt the kind of the visual pattern matching of really seeing what will happen when units get too close, and you, you understand the moves that, that could be fatal... Then yeah, it, it draws out the game and and but what is what is the correct way to feel yeah. when when you're getting towards the game? I was thinking about drafts or, or checkers or drafts, which it, the game is superficially quite similar to. And I have a feeling that drafts games actually normally end in a draw if they're between skilled players. I think we were talking about it the other day, and I was remembering. I think that's why it's not considered as good a game as chess okay. because draws happen more often. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then connect four, which is another example that it's it's less like. 
Connect Four very rarely ends in a draw. Though sometimes you just fill up the entire board and, and that kind of feels not like a draw, but like yeah. a sort of out of time. It's like when Bomberman fills in the squares right. and then the game just stops because... Yeah, right, they just declare this end point. Um, I think it's actually a really interesting decision problem. Like, when you ever... When next time you play a game, have a think to see, if is this a perfect information game? Like, do I know everything about the state of the board right now? Is there no randomness to it? And when does the game end? And actually, if the game doesn't enforce an arbitrary this is when the game ends, like you reach this many points and the points can't be subtracted, so it's just this thing that you're just you're steady march progressing towards, towards yeah. the ending. Yeah. Or you yeah. add a timer, or like, you know, League of Legends, which I always use as an example, they have their towers and you just sort of slowly destroy the enemy's towers and you can't get them back. So the game will end at some point. And it's the same with chess as well. Like, mm. you know, eventually you'll run out of pieces. Um, but I suppose the most interesting part of this game is that you can create new units so you can always replace what you've lost so it's very hard to get uh, to design it so you can actually have an advantage against mm. a player who's perfect so if yeah. you have two perfect AIs playing against each other we need to make sure that the game does actually end yeah but the, the ability to spawn new pieces because we could turn that off we could just limit the number of pieces that you could spawn but then the mm. game peters out yeah and it's definitely the That's... defining feature of the game and it's also it? inelegant yeah, right. as soon as you start to have a currency or a point system it, it really Dis, uh, subtracts from the 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 overall feeling of elegance that this this game's got in spades right now, mm. and it'd be a shame to tarnish that. Yeah, I think it's actually a really interesting question: is to ask how the ending of um, a perfect information strategy game should feel. And like, I mean, I think yeah. we've used Connect Four as an example of like a really good ending. Yeah, you yeah, need so the, exactly. the kind of a really bit, good game of Connect of Four moment. ends with somebody going, "Oh, I see what you did two moves ago, and I didn't notice it." Mm. And that's lovely. There's you can actually lay traps for people. Yeah, but it's a weird one because it relies on the fact that reading the board in Connect Four is a little bit difficult because stuff drops down. Like it's very deterministic, but you have to remember quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I imagine if you had two perfect Connect Four players, and I mean this is probably why Connect Four isn't a competitive game in the same way chess or Go are, yeah. is because you can actually solve it, and then you end up with tic tac toe where everybody knows so it's there's not much the point before playing. You start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess chess because it is a deterministic game. Actually, you could solve it. It's just that the problem space is so large that so nobody it, really has yet. It's interesting. It goes back to that narrative thing again. That if we if we put the narrative on, there is there is the solution that you know we floated before. That if you have two teams and you play Team A and Team B is the forces of darkness, the forces of darkness could just win after seventy five turns. We could declare a timer, mm. and it's not the elegant solution. It's not the perfect information mathematical solution, but it would be fine, and it would make perfect narrative sense, and it would kind of use the narrative. Yeah. But we don't want to do it. Mm. Yeah, I think unless it actually feels really climactic, I think there's just the worry that it's just yeah. going to feel inevitable because, oh, because they're that team, they just win. Well, have you ever seen a timer in a game that didn't run out at just the wrong moment? Like when mm. you're doing a race sequence mm. and it died, and you run out of time two seconds before the end and you have to do the whole thing again. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's never a good ending. Yeah. But actually, I mean, the, ch- the, the ending of a chess game, I think in my experience, is actually really bad. And it's, I think generally designing this game has made us aware of how many flaws there are in these sort of games. But it's normally just like, you know, the, the, the players just run out of pieces and it's just two kings chasing each other around the board. Yeah, and, says, and there's, you, win. you can definitely have a very drawn out end game in chess where, yeah, you you know that it's inevitable, but it's just a matter of like somehow aligning all the pieces so that you really hem someone in. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of the difficulties in, in our game here, because it's such a small board, is that when you're trying to do that, well, I know I've got you, 
but I can't quite manage to hem you in because yeah. I don't have quite enough space to move. And that's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the kind of the the last step is trying to fix the end game right now. Yeah, but it's this really much. difficult thing of kind of coming up with a rule which has all the implications that a rule has across the entire length of the game and all the different ways that people play it. But you also have to kind of consider the aesthetics of the rule. They're like, how does yeah. the rule feel? How does it look? When you exactly. tell it to someone, th- does it sound fair in the first place? And I th- mm. also, I think, um, outside of the explicit narrative, I think you've also got to think about the, the narrative of kind of what what is this game simulating? And because it's a game about building building units and encroaching on enemy territory and then closing in on their base, I think you need to use that as a, as a, a real metaphor. So... Like having a, a a number of points or a time li- limit expiring, it's just it just doesn't really fit the tone of what this game is about, which is about kind of armies advancing against each other, besieging each other, and eventually breaking through the defenses and kind of taking their castle. Which that's really is... interesting. So, what but in real life wars, you often get like border skirmishes that just go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Yeah, for yeah, years. sure. <laughs> so, like, how do you deal with that in real life? Like, you kind of you marry people from the two sides together and declare a peace. Maybe we should have that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe that's what draws are in chess. Yeah, maybe, maybe they are. That's when everyone gets so bored of fighting. Yeah, they just get hitched. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's quite unusual for the end of an Inklecast. We've got no conclusions for this one. But what we are interested in is if anybody's listening to this and has suggestions of good games that we should be looking at to learn how to do this stuff. Because it's like classic, pure very pure game design it's not yeah. even really mm. computer game design yeah and we've we've rinsed every example that we can think of and we're still looking for that perfect that perfect ending yeah i need to go and play chinese checkers again i think chinese checkers mm. ends really well but i cannot mm. remember <laughs> i don't know but anyway yeah so any any feedback to uh Inkle studios on twitter please would be gratefully received we'll credit you in the game <laughs> <laughs>